Hey y'all, it's Z and Lily, and welcome to our podcast. Hey, <laughs> welcome back. Yes, welcome back. Thanks for listening. Um, tonight we are gonna talk about microaggressions. Aggressions, microaggressions, aggressions. It sounds so much later than it actually is. I know. But microaggressions are terrible. Yes, they really are, especially for us. So. What are, I'm not even going to say what are, what kinds of microaggressions have you had to deal with being a woman of color in your profession? Yeah, well, recently, um, since I now work at a nonprofit organization, pretty much I ended up getting this job over this white girl who just recently graduated from L, Kent School, she keeps <laughs> trying to tell me, and um, basically she, when she found out that I didn't have my degree, I got the higher um, level position over her. She just started like asking me questions, like basically like, so how did your in- what did you answer in your interview, or do you have any other experience? And basically just trying to make it seem like I wasn't adequate enough. Kind of like, mm-hmm. why did they even pick you? Mm-hmm. You know, I got this, and now she doesn't like me, and I frankly don't like her either. But. <laughs> I just, you know, do my job. She's just, she's to me, she's just more so mad because she's a caseworker and she has so much more work than I do. Mm-hmm. And I'm basically like twiddling my thumbs sometimes. Not all the time, but I have a little bit more free time. But I feel like it's also white privilege too that she just assumed. That she, she should have had, had the that. better position. Right. Like, back up. What, but what about you, girl? Girl, the microaggressions that I deal with um, I haven't had to deal with any in this job that I just started, but I think that's just because I just started. Yeah, give it some time. Um, but, um, I feel like the microaggressions that I've had to deal with are like, they all stem from being considered the good one. Like, oh, yeah. you've, you've done so well as if I shouldn't be doing right. well. Um, or, oh, like I've, I've done a lot of speaking engagements and it's, oh, you speak so well, you carry yourself so well, oh, you, you know, all of these things as if I'm not supposed to be able to do them. Right. And I'm not sure where that comes from. I have no idea. I have no idea where that comes from. That comes from these ignorant motherfuckers out here thinking that we all just talk with all this slang or, oh no, girl, not my baby daddy. Like, I can't, <laughs> now I gotta go take my little bad little nigga from daycare. <laughs> First of all, all of us don't talk fucking like that. Like, even when I went to, even though we went to Central and I went to NKU, oh, God. they was like, you went, you went to, to Central Black High School and talk like that? I get that Bitch. all the time when people ask me what high school i went to and i tell them central the first thing they say is really yes really bitch i would have never guessed and i'm like why would you have never guessed just because it's an all-black school does not mean that we are incapable of presenting ourselves in a professional manner even though we were a magnet school muhammad ali went there we we pretty much are labeled because we're black. We we have to be fucking all the time. Right. We have to be fighting all the time. Mm-hmm. We have to not be graduating when it's the complete fucking opposite. I know. Like that's just how you know that people still group a group of black people together and just can't imagine them doing anything remotely positive. Yes. It it literally is 
the perfect example of when I say in our society of professionalism, Mm -hmm. being black is not a good thing. Being black is a strike against you in the professional world a lot of times. And that is one of the reasons why, like, I am so nervous for the the generation after us because they have no idea what they're getting into. They have no idea what this real world looks like. Like, for instance, when I see, you know, like people we graduated from high school with, parents, um, stuff like that, who they present themselves in a certain way on Facebook yeah, and or on Instagram. And some of the things that they say is just blows my mind. I can't yeah. believe some of the things that I see people saying Um, And I can't attribute that to wanting likes because some of that really is how people think and how they feel and how they feel and how they um, how they really think they should portray themselves. And they're raising kids who are going to grow up and think that that is normal. And that's terrible because we as people of color already have to work a million times harder just to be at the same level as any and every other white person. Right. Any other white person. Susie, Brad, Michael, Janet, doesn't matter. Right. We, we still got to work as hard. And it it's scary because we know how we want to raise our kids. And those same people who are raising their kids on the other end, we're going to have to constantly be battling them because they're yeah. going to swear that they right. Right. And we got facts right. knowing that we're right. And it's just a whole bunch of ignorant-ass motherfuckers out here that don't want to learn new things yeah and are comfortable in their ignorance like i love the fact that like my mom i I, and i feel like this does attribute you know when you raise your kids this way sometimes it can make them feel like they have a lot of pressure on them to be successful um and i mean it's a good and a bad thing but i am happy that my mother sat me down when i was like five six years old and i remember her telling me you have two strikes against you already you are a black woman. Well, you will be. Right. And then, well, you are a woman and then you're black. Okay. Um, and so it's like you now have two things that automatically cancel you out and make things extra, extra hard for you. Mm-hmm. And those are things that, first of all, they're beyond your control. But you're going to have to work so hard so that you can get to where you want to be because it's going to be difficult. It's going to be so difficult. And not only that, it's like because you are these things, you have to prove to other people that you deserve to be as successful as them. Right. Which in actuality, you shouldn't have to prove anything to anybody. You shouldn't have to do that. But that's the society that we live in. Yeah. You know, a a black scholar is gonna have to work twice as hard to get that same recognition as some regular white kid which right. is out of control like it's just it just blows my mind like it's it's crazy especially since most of them be like oh well minorities is taking all the scholarships and y'all taking our spots like literally wealthy people are paying for their kids to go to these high ass schools yeah while black kids are over here getting shot every what 30 seconds the thing that pissed me off is i was on and this is probably my thing like i just need to get off facebook um <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah like I see all these posts where it's like, you know, young black girl 
gets accepted to 45 different colleges mm-hmm. and is awarded $1.6 million worth of scholarships. And I'm excited for her yeah, yeah. until I see the comments saying, well, why would she apply for that many right. schools? First of all, fuck you, bitch. I can apply for all these goddamn yeah. schools. If I get in all of them, I can only, only pick one. Right. And what of fuck? course, it's always coming from someone who... Girl, poor white trash. White people. It's right. All, it's always coming I, from I'm so people. mad this black girl got the privilege to go to this school. I never got to go. Girl, get the fuck out of here, you jealous bitch. <laughs> I can go anywhere I want. Like, that's what kills me. Like, people are always trying to bring somebody down. Just say congratulations and move the fuck on. See, and I just feel like, you know, I also don't like the whole, you speak so well <laughs> as if black people aren't supposed to speak. Right. Well, like, are we supposed to all use Ebonics every time we leave the house, every time we have a conversation? And, like, I catch myself, you know, sometimes <laughs> when I'm in a professional setting and I see some bullshit. And I catch myself having to make a face because you know how we get to yeah. popping our necks yeah. and rolling our eyes and making that face. And sometimes I have to really close my eyes and say, keep your face together. Together. Because you can't be that black girl in this office today. Um, You can't, you know, pop off at the neck. Sometimes you have to really, it took a lot for me a lot of times, like, to really express myself, not only in a professional manner, but in a way that doesn't make me um, intimidate other people. Because sometimes being black is intimidating to white people. Right, just being (laughs) black and being there is intimidating. and. I did not want to be looked at as, like, the angry black woman in my office. But, like, and that also was another thing, like, appearance-wise. For the longest, I did not wear my hair, my natural hair out at work. Because I I just didn't want that she's too black like you don't want to be too black when you go to work (laughs) like especially when you're working with a bunch of white people um the whole you know oh is this your real hair and wanting to touch and asking a lot of questions and like that kind of annoyed me but then it's like I felt like if I had to give my opinion on something and it wasn't a favorable opinion and I had my fro out they gonna look at me like oh yeah she mad yeah like you know I can see that because I'm like I'm like the opposite because it took a long time for me to start wearing my hair, uh, my real hair to work in places. Mm-hmm. But like working with a whole bunch, you know, a bunch of white people, it sucks because you have to have so much confidence and so much uh, acknowledgement of who you are to not feel inferior inferior to them because mm-hmm. they in terms don't mean to make you feel inferior, but the way everything is set up, they automatically are inferior because they're your boss or they're white or whatever. So girl, the other day when I, I wore my dashiki dress to, to work and of course I took my hair out mm-hmm. that you did for me. And one girl was like, Oh my God, I love your dress, but I love your haircut. And I'm just like, I didn't get my hair cut. Like, <laughs> why are y'all so stupid? Like, why do people wear extensions all the time? Like, what do you... Yeah. Girl, I'm just tired of explaining my hair, my skin. I'm, I'm tired of explaining it. Just leave me alone. I don't sit there and be like, so what kind of sunscreen did you put on? I see, right. you're, I see you're peeling after your trip to Mexico. What do you... Like, I don't give a fuck. Leave me alone. I feel like it's crazy because, like, it's the funniest thing. Like, okay, my best friend is white. 
And anyone who knows me, they probably think that's like kind of odd. Like if you meet me on site, you might not think that I would have a white best friend, but um, <laughs> she's probably one of the most cultured people I know. And Good literally, my mom thought she was Cuban. Oh, hey. like that's how like not white she is. So she's an ally. She is. She is for the people, yes. y'all. <laughs> we, we need allies. She is for the people. So um, there was one time she like she's the type like she'll just pop up at my house and be sitting on my couch when I get home and like that I just love that about her. Like that's how close we are. And um, one day I was washing my hair. She was like, I'm on my way over to your house. Oh, and we're going to get food. And I was like, no, we're not. I'm not leaving the house with my hair like this. And I literally had washed my hair. I hadn't had a chance to, you know, put nothing in my hair. I didn't even slap no coconut oil in my hair yet. I had just freshly came out the shower. And I was like, we were living in a town where like, there was no black people. And if you were black in that town, you was like, not really black because all the black people it, i get what you i don't mean. know like you just they weren't they wasn't it, it was just i don't even know how to explain it look they all poor okay? okay they all real real poor but then it's like they make it a point to acknowledge the fact that they're mixed they're not black oh yeah kind of like that oh well i'm I'm not as bad as you because right. I have some whiteness yes. over here. Right. Um, and that's just self-hatred. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you think you are better because you have a drop of... Basically, if you think you ha- you better because you're half white, you're, something's really wrong with you. Because whatever happened to that one drop rule, remember that? Mm. You can be as mixed as you want. You're still a slave. But you still got that one drop, bitch. That's why we always say, hey, Mariah Carey, you black. Right. Zendaya, I don't know if she's mixed or not, but black. Yeah. Halle Berry, black. black. Because no matter how light you are, you're going to be viewed and treated as a black person in these streets. Yes. So stop fooling yourself. See, and like being out there with my natural hair, it made me so uncomfortable, especially working in a place where there was literally one of, I was one of like five black people, but I was also in a position of leadership. And looking back, it was like, it wasn't a, it wasn't a fulfilling situation for me because majority of the black people that were working there were working in a a field of service they were Um, housekeepers or janitors or working in the kitchen and so I just felt like um a house nigga I felt like the like I was literally like the token like I was good enough to get to where I am but they kept me under wraps they kept the thumb on me I couldn't get too far you know and so I never wore my hair out in that area like it it was so hard for me to embrace my natural hair and wear my natural hair out and to this day I've never worn my natural hair to an interview because I'm just like I don't know why I have a serious problem with that and that's something that's something that I want to work on this year is wearing my natural hair out in professional spaces yes um I'm a wig lover I love wigs I love sew-ins and anyone who knows me knows like if I gotta go to a conference if I gotta go to a professional setting if I'm taking pictures I'm not wearing my natural hair out like, I if I have to do anything that revolves professionalism, I'm not wearing my natural hair out. And that says a lot because that it it's almost as if I feel as though I can't be a professional when I have my natural hair out. But, and I don't really feel that way, but I definitely feel insecure in 
in predominantly white spaces, which yeah. in this area, most of my professional spaces involve a lot of white people. And I feel very insecure in my natural hair around in those types of situations. Yeah. So that's something that I want to work on. And I feel like I, I know like there was this one time I was working and I was um, I was a supervisor for this group of students and we would go to different churches mm-hmm. and the kids would minister at the churches. And I pretty much was just there to drive the bus and make sure they got paid. And so um, before the service, well, after the service was over and we had to go and like shake hands and, you know, talk to all the people and I really didn't want to but like that was a part of my job so I had to suck it up and there was this older white lady like real old probably like 70 years old her and her husband and she like walked up to me and was talking to me and was real friendly and then she literally tells me well you know what are you and I was like I was like what do you mean she was like where are you from like what are you because you know your skin is so pretty like you have such a beautiful skin tone and your hair and at the time I had I had in some Senegalese twists in my hair okay so I was like um I mean I'm I'm American like you know and like my family's Haitian so I definitely identify with both And so when she was like, well, what are you mixed with? And she was like, you know, you're beautiful. And in my head, like, I wanted to be like, yeah, I'm Haitian. But I didn't want to prove her dumb theory right by acknowledging the fact that I'm Haitian and then letting that be like, oh, yeah, I knew she wasn't American because she can't be pretty and just be black. But then I didn't want to neglect the fact that, you know, I'm an American citizen. I'm American. I've been here. Like, you know, like, why can't regular black girls be pretty? Exactly. And so I was, like, super perplexed on that because I was like, well, damn, what am I supposed to say? And so I just didn't say nothing because I was just like, damn, like, this is really messed up. And then she had the nerve to touch my face. Oh, no. And at... I had to turn around on that one because I wanted to kick her in her kneecaps, oh, but bitch. I literally was just like, <laughs> your old has hands on my face. Yes. Like this is the type of stuff that people have to deal with all the time. And I never want that to be a norm. Like I never yeah. want, want that to be a norm where it's okay for people to, to say that you're pretty be only because they think you're exotic. Right. Or I got, you know, you're very pretty for a dark skinned girl. Oh God, girl, that's like the state. It's like that's, that's on my. It's like stamped on my forehead. Yes. Oh my God, I can't believe it because they can tell I'm that. black. Like yeah. I'm not. I don't look exotic, but I don't think I, I look exotic either. I mean, but girl, these people. Girls, well, I guess they they basically just don't think us should we should be beautiful that we should be these. Big, huge lip, snot nose, like the cartoons that they used to draw back in the day. Yeah, they want us to look like that because that fits their image of us. And when we don't look like that, they're just like, oh, oh, oh my, oh golly, I can't believe it. Like, get the fuck out of here before. Because honestly, what we need to do is start calling them out. Like, I'm going to start embarrassing you (laughs) for being this dumb. Because I think crazy things about people, but I'm not stupid enough to To say say it out loud. loud. But they're comfortable because they're like, I, they, they're privileged and they feel nobody's like... Nobody's going to check them. Nobody's going to check them. But baby, <laughs> we will. <laughs> we That's will what? check them. Have you ever been the token 
in your off like the token in your profession the token in your office the the one that's like oh yeah if we need someone to speak that oh. is of 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 a different ethnicity we are gonna call this person yep and then they they had to stop because it was a spectrum they used to do that to me all the time i was there for almost four years but i used to be that go-to black girl until this new hire had the nerve to tell me that slavery was servitude and I had to educate that bitch because <laughs> no boo, it wasn't no seven years we worked for the man and then we got let loose. Nah, bitch, this was a, this is a forever thing. We're right. still in slavery right now. Look up the Thirteenth Amendment. Yeah. Um, so basically, yeah. I had to go off on her, and that day I was very black, and I'm already loud, you know. So yeah. I was already pissed. So everybody heard me. Um, so yeah, after that they stopped asking me black questions because you know my answer. Yeah, it's gonna be the truth. See, and I, like, in my last position, or one of my last positions, I was kind of torn because I loved the fact that I was in that position because I was able to show other people that you can be in these leadership positions as a black woman. My issue with that was that I wasn't trying to push their agenda i didn't want to push their agenda i didn't want to only be called upon when they needed a pretty black face yeah. on the camera um to say what they needed then what they needed to be said um i felt like it was counterproductive because i worked so hard to get to where i wanted to be yeah. and i was so proud of the work that i was able to do and the work that i was able to accomplish but I also felt like I wasn't taken seriously. And so me working, continuing to work hard only to be given opportunities when they deemed it necessary yeah. did not, it did not fit what I wanted. But it also showed me how much of a puppet I was. Yeah. And I, I worked hard to not be the token, even though I ended up being the token. But I wanted my work ethic and my knowledge and my presentation to out to outshine all of that. It worked in my favor, but it also didn't. And so I was just like, how do how do you how do you get out of that? How do you draw the line between working yourself back into slavery as i call it (laughs) um you know taking the extra duties coming in early staying late you know consulting on this and being the one that says yeah like i would love to do that and yeah and letting them work you to death without um being able to really work that hard gain the exposure that you want gain the experience that you want and not be seen as the token i i honestly don't know if there is a a line that can be drawn when working in a predominantly white space we i do have an idea I, i say we can try but i say that the only way that it my idea would work is if you i would say one stop working at these jobs that are just giving you a check like start working for places that feed like your soul and your purpose and mm-hmm. why you're here um because I, ha- I hate when people go to college and don't use their degree right or i hate people that say oh my passion is this but i'm trying to pay the bills there's a way to do both 
Right. Like, you may have to work another job, but overall, I feel like you working harder or even working yourself almost to the point of slavery wouldn't be so bad if you were working towards something you was passionate about versus mm-hmm. working for just the man. So what about those positions that you might be passionate about, but they're not, um, those are not positions that are looked at and taken seriously. So for instance, working in diversity and inclusion, that's not something that's big in this area. Um, I was the director of diversity and inclusion at a, at a university, a predominantly white university and I don't feel that that position was taken very seriously and no matter how hard I work or no matter what initiatives I may try to push I don't feel that even though that could have been my passion if the people that are putting allowing this position to be a thing don't feel that passion and they don't have that same passion then it doesn't matter how hard I work because they still only going to do what they need to do just to get by. Yeah. And so that's why I say, like, is there a way to draw the, the line. line? Because if it's my passion and I want you to see how important this mission is mm-hmm. and I'm busting my ass to make this mission a thing, yeah. but I'm working like a damn slave to do it. But you, at the end of the day, at the end of the table, the white man with the bow tie who signs my check, still is like you know uh, we can do without that but we do need this position because of money we do need this but all the extra that you trying to put on top of it is not needed you know is there a line because technically you're telling me you need me because you need the position and it probably wouldn't look too good if you didn't have someone that looked like me in this position right so it's like what what do we do? It's a lose-lose, it feels like, almost. Because yeah. that's, one, that's like institutional racism and systematic because the system is so embedded in racism that, one, you know all the um, videos that's been coming out of all the white women calling the police and all the black people. Yes. The only reason they start getting on camera and crying, talking about they sorry, is because they got caught and they lost their job. Right. So I feel like most of these schools and institutions do have those stupid, not, they're not stupid positions, but they have those filler positions to make themselves look good and mm-hmm. to make themselves not look like a, a racist institution, even though they know they are. Mm-hmm. So one, but even on the same end, you could work at an HBCU and they just want the money too. Right. So it, it's... It's really hard because you got to work with the right team. You got to work with the right people. Like you, and that's hard in itself because we still got to eat every day. Right. So it's like, will we be suffering to build like, and that's it. We need to start saving. That way, if we need to quit a job on somebody's ass, we We can can. easily (laughs) leave. And entrepreneurship, we need black banks because black banks honestly are the only ones giving us these business loans. Um, It's a lot. I would say in the next 20 years, maybe. Right now, we're like in the struggle space of compromising still a little bit of ourselves to get to where we need to go. Right. But the good thing is that it's being acknowledged that Mm -hmm. we're doing that now. Mm -hmm. Whereas before, it was just like stuff they put in the movies and stuff we talked about, but wasn't brought to the forefront. So I feel like in time, but maybe for our kids. I wonder, like, okay, so I know, like, we experience microaggressions, and we often have to find ways to make ourselves feel as though our blackness is not as loud, right? And so I, I find myself doing that all the time. I have my work voice. 
I have um, <laughs> I have my work voice. I have my work clothes. Yep. I have my work hair. Yep. You know, <laughs> I have my work lashes. Some of there's certain pairs of lashes I won't wear to work because they too much. Yep. You know, I have certain perfumes or per- yeah. certain scents that I wouldn't wear to work because it's too much. It's too ethnic. Like my my Egyptian musk. If I'm Ooh. in a room full of white folks, I probably am not gonna put that on because they're gonna be like, what the hell what is, is that? that? Mm-hmm. Um whereas, you know, I love Egyptian musk. I love that smell, Me you know. Too. So love- it's like I there's things that we do as people and as professionals that we do to tone down our blackness. And I often I often wanna know like and this is probably where we should definitely have like someone who is a white professional come on the podcast just so we could like talk to them about it and see like is there anything that they have that they feel they do to tone down their whiteness if that's a thing or like tone down yeah like what is it about them that they feel they have to tone, tone down in order for them to fit in their profession and feel comfortable and feel accepted right um because for me i compromise you know my hair and my hair mostly i compromise Um, my emotions yes my hair my yeah emotions um a lot of times i would stifle the things that i wanted to say i wouldn't say a lot of the things that i wanted to say for fear of being um just rejected, rejected, fired, <laughs> talked about, talked about, and all the above, looked at in a negative light, and it could be something as simple as me saying, you know, to be honest, that's not in my job description, yeah. and I feel like as a professional, you know what your job description and is, you should be able to say that, and you should be able to say that. But I know there's been plenty of times where I'd be like, listen, that ain't my job, but I would say it in my head, and then be like, all right, well, you know, I'll I'll go ahead and work on that. I'll go ahead and do that. And in my head, I'm cursing at myself because I'm tired as a dog mm-hmm. and I want to go home and I know I'm doing somebody else's job. And, you know, that's that's not my work to do. But I right. allowed myself to be put in that situation because I did not want to be looked at as the angry black woman. And I feel like that's a microaggression I put on myself mm-hmm. because we feel like, you know, we should take whatever we can get. Yeah. Because we gotta, we have to struggle. We have to work twice as hard. But working twice as hard doesn't mean that you always have to settle. And that's something that I also needed to re- realize about myself. Like, yeah. yeah, you work twice as hard, but that doesn't mean you just got to take anything they give to you. True. And that's something that we all, I think we all need to work on. Because, mm-hmm. like you said, we're all so used to struggling. We're so used to being last. We're used to being, you know, what is it? pushed over or looked over for a fucking mm-hmm. job promotion so we do put those stigmas on ourselves and that's why i push you know that confidence and that self-love because take a break before you kill yourself because when whether you die or not they the gonna next, find another exactly employee. like why for what like i'm only gonna kill myself for the things that i really need to do i really want to do but i did kill myself at spectrum for years shit our first job was at kentucky kingdom in the fucking heat yeah like we are so used to that because we we want that freedom so much at the end of the day to or the end of the week mm-hmm. to get that check. Yeah. So, do you have a melanated moment this week? Um, let's see. Man, yeah, I got a melanated moment. Okay. <laughs> this is bad. Well, it was bad for me, but I don't know about anybody else, but when I go into a store or like a restaurant or anything, 
if I notice somebody went in before me and they not black and you say, hey, how you doing? And then I walk in and you, and don't you say nothing, <laughs> I'm immediately pissed. So that's what happened to me at this bitch ass subway on fucking Broadway. So fuck them and they rude asses because I, I feel like I deserve a hey, how you doing? Right. So I just want to let everybody out there know I see you. Right. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's and they in the hood too, so they yeah. should know better. Well, my melanated moment, um, well, I don't really have one pertaining to myself, but I saw, um, I was out walking in my neighborhood and there's not too many black folks that live in my neighborhood. I think we're like one of two families, um, on my street that live, uh, that live where I live. Um, but I mean, it is pretty diverse. We got some little Hispanic people on my street and you know, it's cute. But, um, I was out walking and there's like an elementary school nearby and I saw this little boy and they, he was outside running around. It's like a whole bunch of little kids outside on the playground and they were all running around and they, they had their little buddies. They were partnering up or whatever (laughs) and the teacher was like all right guys like you're gonna run back and it I don't don't know it was weird I don't know what they were doing um but I saw this little black boy cutest little black boy I've ever seen in my life he is so adorable and um his partner was this little white girl and the cutest thing so they're like running back over to like where all the teachers and the swings and stuff are and for some reason i'm not sure why but you know white folks don't wear coats apparently in the 50 it's 50 degree weather and all the little white kids ain't got no coats on that's because the sun was out out of control and so the little girl is running she's running she's running she's running and then she tripped and she fell and she fell hard like fell really hard and all the little all the little kids just sitting there laughing at her and the little Um, black boy walks over to her and he was like you be all right come on girl (laughs) that's what the fuck i'm talking about and he grabbed her up by her elbows like come on let's go why you still my teammate girl get your ass up and i was like that's what i'm talking about yeah let's future black man you better help that girl don't cry get your ass up Susie. she looked like she was about to like she was really about to have a whole panic attack because she Aww. fell skinned her little knee up and he just looked at her he said come on girl you be okay right, we don't <laughs> we don't play in rough more rougher areas than this girl get up yes i was like Aww, yes that's so sweet yes. i'm glad you got to see it that. was so cute i was like oh that is adorable so that's Aww. the melanated moment for the week little Aww. babies oh we love the babies so yes. If y'all have any melanated moments, definitely send them to us. Yes. We would love to read them on the show. I want to know what y'all's melanated moments are. Cause right. I be having some in my head and then I be forgetting. I need to start writing them down. <laughs> <laughs> we getting old, girl, but it's happening. Yes, yes. Well, we want to thank y'all for tuning in. Yes. And listen to you. us rant because literally, like, I feel like the microaggressions one was literally us ranting about the buffoolery that we have to deal right. with at the office <laughs> and we can still go on for, for the, days for, days, for like, months shit. like but thanks for listening anyway to our extra long one but 
Sometimes that's just what it calls for. Yes. Follow us on social media on Instagram at underscore melanated thoughts underscore. Um, email us any topics that you guys have. Email us any melanated moments that you guys have. The email is melanatedthoughts19 at gmail.com. And until next time, keep it black, people. Bye, love. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>